You're listening to Manny Talks. This is Manny De La Cruz, and I am a mechanical engineer by degree. I've enjoyed a career with ExxonMobil for the last eight years, where I've held various positions from an individual contributor to a supervisor uh, in engineering and inspection of a very large group. I've been roles in operations and currently doing a a role in uh, chemicals headquarters, really doing a, with a focus on business. Uh, my, my goal is to help students and young professionals uh, learn from my mistakes. And this podcast is, is meant to be one opinion amongst many uh, to help you formulate your own and set you up for success in this career field uh, that you've chosen in STEM. But I will admit this will also should apply to or can apply to anyone who's getting a college degree, regardless of the discipline. I thank you for listening. So definitely no surprise that the episode of last, uh, the, the last episode down GPA got a great response. I'm not surprised. That's a, that's a topic that a lot of folks are interested in and there's a wide spectrum of, uh, of opinions and thoughts and way to think about it and so on. So I want to thank everybody who listened to the episode and all the folks that provided feedback. Uh, specifically, I want to kind of give a shout out to my friend, uh, Gabe Cruz. And so he and I had an exchange on LinkedIn on a couple of different views. I would encourage you to go check it out. But, uh, but uh, I wanted to, to, to kind of talk about it, right? So and Gabe brought up a good point where he talked about, hey, GPA doesn't necessarily reflect that uh, a particular person is the, is the right fit for a job. And I couldn't agree more, right? The GPA, in my opinion, and, and, and the point I was trying to make is that uh, it, it speaks to your um, technical ability. Definitely not to whether or not you are a, a good field engineer or a good, you know, uh, lab tech or a good, right, uh, a design engineer, a well engineer or a, you know, automobile engineer. Like it doesn't, it doesn't speak to the fit. The fit is going to come from the interview and talking about your experiences and what that company is looking for, et cetera. And then he did bring up the point, and, and I've heard this one too, around, hey, you have a ton of successful millionaires and billionaires. And he referenced a, um, a article, and I'm looking through the thread right now because uh, uh, I forgot what it was. So bear with me one second. And so it was a an article that came out in Business Insider from Eric Barker, who is a human behavior expert. And the and the title of this it says Valedictorian Valedictorians rarely become rich and famous. Here's why the average millionaire's college GPA is a 2.9. And the uh, article in the video or the video quickly talks about hey, a a, a person that has a 2.9 is is used to 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 being gritty and rising above and you know having to work extra hard because of the position and i know i'm not doing the article uh, very much justice i would recommend that you definitely look at it uh, it brings a different perspective to to it and and uh, on my view 
uh, I, I cannot, and, and I tried to stress this in the last episode where like I have no illusions that I have not passed up on a magnificent candidate, right? Uh, I, I, I would never bet that, 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 I've, that I've shot 100% based on the screening criteria. And I use the word screening criteria for a GPA. Like for us at, uh, and for me at ExxonMobil, it's really, a, we have such a, thousands of people that want in. We have to start, uh, we have to be able to manage that bunch. GPA is good. The way we interview, because we kind of start you off in an entry-level engineering position, and, and we have a long-term vision of you either going technical or going management. Like we're really interested in the soft skills versus, hey, solve a thermodynamic problem for me or design a plant based on these parameters. Like we don't do that kind uh, in general. We don't do that kind. Uh, we were hiring for a, a specific PhD candidate or a specific, hey, I need you to, we're looking for a, a, a person who's a, a, a a wizard at uh, directional drilling. Well, that might be different. I'm talking about the 80%. I'm just going to use that 80-20. The 80% of our interviews in engineering are typically for college grads at undergrads, for that matter, are entry level. So we, we are able to or want to talk about your soft skills ability, right? Um, I also kind of mentioned to Gabe, like, man, you know, I struggle sometimes when I hear references to um, these people, right? You hear about uh, uh, different, very successful people that were, that dropped out of college or had very low GPAs. And I just said, hey, look, I struggle with that because I don't want people to hear that uh or, or to have an illusion that even those people that did it didn't have a plan and i don't think i think in those cases like those folks didn't necessarily need a college accreditation to validate their skills and to validate the their genius in their in their in the thing that they that they were good at right that they accomplished uh the zuckerbergs of the world right like you didn't need and he knew uh, he was good at what he had going, at programming, at, he had a vision, he had a plan. So he didn't need some degree to validate them, validate him. On the other hand, I would say that, that those are the exception, not necessarily the rule. Not, and even not to say that the rest of us fall into the rule category, but it's like, okay, if you know in your heart that you are one of these exceptions, then fine, you're absolutely correct. Like follow your heart, follow your dreams. I would just say, make sure you have a plan. For the rest of folks, part of your plan should be protecting the GPA. I guess I feel like I'm going in circles here, but I did want to address that and kind of thank uh, those that commented. And, and again, this is why you need mentors. This is why you need to be hearing 50 different versions of recommendation on a particular topic because at the end of the day, you're the one that needs to make the decision. And if you're going to make it based just solely on hearing one person or what so-and-so told you at the career services, you're not doing yourself a favor. You have to surround yourself with mentors, with people that are going to guide you, that are going to give you different opinions, and then you need to come up with your own. All right, so let's uh, uh, move on to today's topic.
So it's the beginning of the semester. By now, college campuses across the country are in full swing with classes, probably even about to do their first round of testing, et cetera. So if you're a student, especially if you're in some sort of technical field or professional field, pretty much just about any college, you've probably seen the uh, organization fairs at your campus. I've been following a ton of groups on Instagram uh, from SHIP to Nesby to Alpha and and SWE and it the buzz is the same. Everyone is out there. Current members and leadership of these organizations are hitting the ground promoting their organizations. If you're wondering why you should join or if you're on the fence, that's what we're going to talk about today. So please join me for this episode. So my first point, look, I could probably say this and probably end the episode and it'd be more than enough uh, justification for you to join that student organization or why you should join it or anybody should. And I'm going to say, is that that feeling in your gut that is telling you that this is the right thing to do? You need to listen to it. That's the reason enough. You, you, you met the people one way or another you met uh, met them whether it was at the at the org fair or you somebody told you about this organization about this group and you've seen what they do and you and they're all people that you can relate to uh you're probably away from home from for college or you're you have that sense of uh of feeling like you're, you're in it by yourself and you get around these folks that kind of have the same Kind of ambition or goal or are pursuing a degree like you and it feels safe and it feels good and and you can and and you, that your gut is telling you that you should probably go ahead and commit which brings me to my next point and and i'll go ahead and roll it into this is that in these groups you are going to find a support system for the next four to six years Right. And I say four to six because if you're doing anything in STEM or if you decide to change your major major a couple of times or whatnot, on average, right, you're somewhere in that four to six range, year range to get your undergraduate degree. And you're going to need a support system. And first, it's going to be simple things like uh, being able to study with some folks. Right. Uh, and that's going to be important. Yeah, you can find that in your classroom. The classes are so big being part of a student organization is going to instantly make that group smaller, right? Or that population much smaller. Um, then there's life. Okay. You're going to find out that in these student organizations, you're going to meet friends that will turn into family and you will be, shouldn't be surprised, but you might be surprised that you have a lot in common, your upbringing, your, your life experiences so far, um, your insecurities about what you're trying to accomplish, some of the questions you have about tackling college, uh, you'll find out that these folks have been there too. And you'll find out that even, you know, life has a way of just happening and you're gonna go through hardships and you're gonna have, you're gonna struggle through your classes. You're gonna want to give up. You're gonna want to, take something easier or just quit altogether because you can 
you know, you have it in the back of your head that you could work and instantly make money maybe to help your family or, 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 you know, you have a cousin or uncle that have a side business and they're inviting you in and, and a combination of stuff. You meet somebody and you fall in love and they break your heart and they, you get distracted uh, or there's some tragedy in the family. All these things may happen to you, probably will happen to you while you're in college and you're going to need somebody to help pull you out of that hole, right? Or pull you out of those low times. And the student organization, if you get involved, if you commit, can be that safety net. Um, I remember my time as a, in a student organization, right? It, it happened that way. I was uh, in San Antonio College, and at the time I was a teaching, uh, I was going to be a, a teacher, right? So I had gone back to college, and I said, well, I always like training. Every job that I've ever had, I'll teach. And so I committed to a teach. You know, I did one semester for, you know, with some, with some, uh, and I had been out of college for a while, so I was taking remedial math, and I was taking Education 101, and I was going to be a teacher. And I saw this career fair out at San Antonio College, and there was some very exciting students that were doing some uh, demonstrations. I remember it was like uh, uh, like a physics demonstration, and they were talking about uh, energy and 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 momentum, and they had a couple of uh, of uh, uh, samples there, and they had this one placard about the starting salaries uh, for engineers and that caught my attention but these folks seem to be very interested in what they had going on so i committed softly i started getting very curious i listened to my gut and went uh, essentially to one of their meetings for the free pizza i mean i still see that today there's nothing more uh, motivational than some free pizza to get someone to come in and and then I started hearing some of the opportunities and some of the discussions around conferences and leadership training and exposure to professionals. I still didn't quite know what engineering was, but it was starting to sound really good. But really at that moment in time, I remember it was that gut feeling that said, you know what, if I'm going to be successful, uh, this group might have something to do with it. And, and I'll talk about conferences and, and, and progression through the organization leadership in a different episode. Right now, I just kind of want to want to focus on, on that feeling that you're having right now around uh, joining the organization. And lastly, I'll just say this. I'll put it to you this way. Through this organization, you're going to be exposed to to lessons and to people that you just will not meet in the classroom, right? That 125, 130 hour, whichever it might be, curriculum for your degree is strictly focused on teaching you technical information so that you can walk out of there with an accreditation for your discipline, whether it's engineering, medicine, biology, nursing law that's the point of that of, of that uh, of that program it's going to teach you how to study they're going to teach you uh well, i say teach you they're going to force you to learn how to study <laughs> they're going to teach you how to do the material right you're going to learn to interact with a professor right 
your first view of some of, of academia and those professionals. Um, but it's not going to expose you to what a student organization like Alpha and Nesby and SWE and, and, and SHIP and Mayas, those organizations are going to expose you to a bunch of other stuff that you're not going to get in the classroom. Whether it's building up on your soft skills, learning how to have a, a mentor and how to be a good mentee, how to interview, how to write resumes. They're going to give you opportunities to practice that by inviting other companies to come over and do mock interviews or, or how to formulate your elevator, you know, your elevator speech, um, what to do in your first internship, how to get your first internship. This isn't going to be covered in your classes. That's not what the professor is going to cover. You may find that you you run into an excellent professor who weaves that into their into their curriculum but that's not necessarily the norm but your family over here on the side this group of students are going to support you in that and are going to help expose you to that i would say that banking on a student organization especially uh, early on in your college career is important because in the absence of that, you're going to walk out with an accreditation and not much else. And you would honestly be doing yourself a disservice. I was blessed enough that they, that I happened to be walking between classes and I saw this group of people. Uh, I, the way I've been seeing some of these colleges, even today, all the ones that I've been following on social media, the way they're posting up in every corner of a, of a campus, I'm pretty sure you can't miss them either. So heed my advice, join the organization, give them a shot, go in with an open mind, and I would guarantee that you're not gonna be disappointed. So it's the beginning of the semester. By now, college campuses across the country are in full swing with classes, probably even about to do their first round of testing, et cetera. So if you're a student, especially if you're in some sort of technical field or professional field, pretty much just about any college, you've probably seen the uh, organization fairs at your campus. I've been following a ton of groups on Instagram, uh, from SHIP to Nesby to Alpha and and SWE, and it the buzz is the same. Everyone is out there. Current members and leadership of these organizations are hitting the ground promoting their organizations. If you're wondering why you should join or if you're on the fence, that's what we're going to talk about today. So please join me for this episode.